Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hey, Merrill and Mike on the call. There you go for all you J.J. Ortega Whiteside haters out there. See D.K. Metcalf make that play. How about that? Blocking down the field, recovering a fumble in the end zone, just the way you draw it up. It almost feels criminal to like call it like a touchdown by J.J. Ortega Whiteside. Like that's a touchdown for J.J. Ortega Whiteside. Yeah, I mean, uh, how well, what a what a great play though. I mean, that is a that's what you want out of your uh, second round draft pick. <laughs> well, right listen, there. man, he was in position to make the play because of his excellent downfield blocking. Yeah, what he, he does best. He's terrible. He is just terrible. Um, but, uh, yeah, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside gets the fumble. Not a great day for the Eagles receivers outside of Travis, Travis Fulgham. We'll get to Fulgham more later. He did it again. Um, not much in the first half, which I don't know why he wasn't targeted more in the first half. Uh, I guess Baltimore was king on him. Um, but Travis Fulgham, <laughs> guy makes plays. Like, going up that jump ball in the end zone, you know, that was a, a good play by Carson Wentz to throw it up. Give somebody an opportunity, make a play, and hey, he went up and made a play. Yeah, I, I mean, Travis Fulgham has been, he's been, I mean, a total surprise. I did not expect it at all. Just, I, and I don't want to get on the guy. Just one thing, one thing that bothers me that I oh, noticed. You have a Fulgham complaint. I, it's just a slight, slight gripe with Fulgham. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but I mean, granted, he does catch the balls, so I can't get too mad at him for it. But have you noticed a lot of times? the ball like kind of slipped through his fingers and then he'll end up having to trap it against his body. I've seen him do it like three or four times he, where like he almost drops the ball. Like even on his first touchdown of uh, the season against the Niners, that ball went yeah. through his hands and he kind of had to like trap it on his legs. He like, I just, I don't know. Well, ba- baby steps here, Kyle. Yeah, ba- I mean, baby steps. I don't, I don't want the floodgates to just open on this guy and him to start having the, the high towers or the Aguilars all of a sudden, you know, I mean. I'll tell you this, man. I mean, I heard a lot, and I'm sure I'll talk to Mike about this in a, in a minute here, but I heard a lot in the offseason about John Hightower and Quez Watkins. These guys, uh, people would sit me down and give me a lesson. They'd be like, Tom, you got to wait till you see Hightower, all right? This guy is a difference maker. <laughs> well, yeah, he made a difference already. Yeah, yeah. First drive of the game, Carson Wentz puts a beauty out there, and he dropped it. Um, and John Hightower, he dropped a touchdown last week. Um that said, I'd still I'd still rather him be out there than Alshon and Deshaun. Like, I don't care if Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson never come back. I don't care if you just have to eat all their money. Uh, just just get rid of them. Put them on IR. Whatever. I, I mean, I'm done with both of them. I really am. I don't want Jeffrey playing over Fulgham, obviously. Um, Deshaun, he's just going to come back and get hurt anyway. So let, let's just – I'm just done with both those guys. I don't even want him back. I think – disinterested is is my word that I would use like I just don't really like I don't have any reason to want to watch Deshaun Jackson or Alshon Jeffrey no. anymore like they don't you know they don't matter for this team in the future you know I think where I'd be okay with settling is 
you know, maybe you just throw out like a package for Deshaun Jackson and like and like in a game, you know, because like hopefully you'd like to think that he can still stretch stretch the field. But I mean, I don't want to see him in any full time role or taking snaps from guys like Rager when he comes right. back. Right. Now now I was gonna ask you about that. I, I haven't seen anything, Kyle, but maybe you know do we know a timetable on Rager? Like, could he be back for the Dallas game potentially? What, that's what I heard is that they were targeting after the Giants game. Okay. I guess they're gonna have this nice long week to Hopefully, ramp him up a little bit, but we'll see. If you get, I mean, all of a sudden, if you get Rager and Fulgham out there, I like that a lot. Not bad, yeah, and then I, Ward I the slot. Yep, and you know, Rager's Rager's speedy man, so I yeah. would love to see him and Fulgham on opposite sides for De- sure. Definitely. So, uh, yeah, but Alshon and Deshaun, I, I have no interest in either of those guys. Rager, uh, I am looking forward uh, to getting back two one five five nine two nine four nine four. If you want to get in, real quick, um, I want to talk about uh, you know something. That has been, uh, I've heard a lot of complaints so far after the game in regards to the Eagles and Doug specifically, and that's the the two point conversions. Um, And we'll get to the one at the end in a minute. But first, the Eagles down seventeen is six, and they go for two. I thought it was an odd call. Um, And here was Doug Peterson after the game uh, explaining what went into that decision. Um, at that time, it just gives you the best probability to uh, to win the game. You know, in that situation, you go for two, and then you're down. You know, a touchdown and a field goal wins the game. You know, obviously, if things stay, you know, status quo, but um, just gave us the best probability at that point to win. Now, I personally don't agree with the decision at the time. I actually do understand understand Doug's thinking, um, because if the Eagles gotten that two point conversion, they. Uh, probably and it would have ended up being in the same position. Uh, but theoretically, they could have been a point closer. But for all the people out there, and I heard Stephen Egg Harbor call at the end of Ricky's show and say, well, if they just had kicked the extra point, they would have only needed one more point and they could have just kicked an extra point at the end of the game. No, no. Let, let just, uh, I just want to do a little math lesson real quick. So the Eagles don't get that two-point conversion. It's 24 to 6 after the Lamar Jackson touchdown. Ravens are up uh 24 to 6. The next time the Eagles score, they go for two again and they get it. That makes it 14. Which is the same as if they had just kicked the extra point both times. So in the end, yeah. Was it questionable to go for it at the time? Sure. And if they had missed the second two-point conversion, then you would have had a gripe that they given up two points that they could have just had on extra points. But when you make the two the second time, it renders the two the first time irrelevant. So for everybody saying that missing that first two-point conversion cost the Eagles the game, it, it didn't. <laughs> if they had just kicked both times, they would have ended up with 14 anyway. So that didn't cost them. If anything, I think going for the two the first time looked smarter the way the game did transpire where if they had made it and they had, you know, kicked an extra point and then made it to, even though if you're down 30 to 21, you would have just kicked the extra point. You would have been down eight anyway. Um, but no, it didn't didn't make any difference. So just relax on that. Just think about it in your mind and add the numbers up. When you score two touchdowns, you'll typically have 14 points if you don't go for any two-point conversions. The Eagles ended up after going for after scoring two touchdowns with 14 points. So it, it they didn't lose the game. They weren't a point short 
because they missed the two the first time around. They they they, they weren't. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. And then we get to the other two-point play at the end of the game. And, you know, I, I was refusing to allow myself to think the Eagles are going to win this game. I, I, I was being negative. I was being like the like the Indians fan in Major League where, you know, the guy who's always out in the bleachers saying, oh, well, th- this team stinks. This is going to go wrong. And me and my brother are just talking. And we're like, all right, well, if they score, they're not going to get the two. And if they get the two, Lamar Jackson's just going to come down and score anyway. Like, I was refusing to allow myself to think they could actually win because then I just let my hopes uh Get down, but inside, obviously, I you know I think there's a chance. Well, was anybody like? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I I was thinking like I mean this is this last drive is prime setup for a backbreaking turnover. Yeah, I, I mean <laughs> that's what I was expecting. Well, what's funny is initially, you know how Carson went snuck it in. I was hoping they were going to rule him short. Yeah, I'm like rule him short. Let forty more seconds yeah. come off the clock. Yep. Um, but he gets in on that play. And then a two-point call that I didn't get where I guess they're running a read option that Boston Scott thinks Carson's giving him the ball. Carson thinks he's keeping it. Either way, it wasn't going to work. There were two Ravens defenders right there. Um, But it didn't make any sense. Here's Doug on what went into that play call. Yeah, and, and I mean, in general, I think Doug is a pretty good play caller. I think he has a decent feel. Uh, many times, I do believe it comes down to execution, but that call was just hideous. Like, it didn't make any sense at all. Now, I don't know. It, it, it looked like they got out of the huddle late. I don't know if there was some sort of, of, of mix-up. What they probably should have done is just call the timeout that they still had left which is what I thought they were going to do. Get the play you want. Um, because in the end, it, they saved the timeout for defense, but Baltimore was probably going to win that game anyway. You would have gotten the ball back for with, what, 20, 25 seconds left, um, if that. And, and you know, Justin Tucker probably would have just kicked an 80-yard field goal anyway. The guy never misses. <laughs> no, but um, I, I didn't get why Carson Wentz is red hot at the time. And we know about Carson Wentz. He is extremely streaky. And when he gets hot, you kind of got to just let him roll. And to take that ball out of his hands, to call a straight run with no pass option, I don't know, Kyle. I didn't get that call at all. No, I I didn't like going into it with, like, yeah, whatever it was, the run-pass option. I mean, think about how the entire game has been going up to that point. I mean, the Ravens were getting into the backfield within .2 seconds after you snapped the ball. So you're going to call a fake or, like, some sort of, like, where you're deciding? Like, you don't have any time to do that. You right, just, you need to just draw up like whatever it was that got JJ Ortega Whiteside wide open. They seem to be able to do that on those two point conversions, maybe like a little rub route or something. But just, I mean, like you need to get the ball out of his hands, or at least snap the ball and just start running for your life. Because if you start doing all that trickery in the backfield, then the Ravens are. I mean, they were all over it, just like they were all game. Yeah, you got you got to just run guys out on quick routes. If Carson sees something he likes, he throws it. If he doesn't, you know, he tries to run it in. Right, but. You don't call just a straight run play. Uh, you know, I, I didn't get that. I thought it was a bad call. And um, probably probably Doug's worst play call of the year. And I'm, uh, of the year. And unfortunately, it came at a, at a really bad time. 
215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Uh, let's go to Mike in South Philly. What's up, Mike? Yeah, how's it going, Tom? Not bad, man. What's going on with you? Yeah, um, I don't think I ever made an official prediction last night. If I, if I did, I probably would have did like 30 to 13. I, th- I thought the Eagles were going to get crushed. So uh-huh. to their credit, they played better than I thought. But I kind of agree with you. It's like even though I'm, I'm pulling for the draft picks, I can still evaluate the games in a vacuum regardless of my feelings. And, um, you know, if you wanted to do the moral victory thing last week, I mean, that's one thing. But, like, you good are bad teams – like you see bad teams fall behind early and then do late garbage time comebacks all the time. Like right. this isn't necessarily an indication. Like I saw a lot of people on social media going, Oh, well the Eagles only lost by two to one of the best teams in the NFL. This proves that the Eagles are just a couple injuries getting healthy guys back away from competing for an NFC crown. I'm like, are you nuts? Are you people crazy? Like no, Mike, that's, that's about as bad as you'll see Baltimore play. Like oh, they yeah, did Lamar not Jackson play a good awful. game at all. Yeah. They, no, they did not play well. Lamar Jackson uh, pass, the throwing game. the ball, he's not themselves. He's not himself right now. Their defense in the first half they were decent, but obviously in the second half they, they they didn't play very well. They had a ton of penalties, and this is a game that you know if the Eagles are better in the first half, they should win that game. And they, unfortunately, um, they played really poorly, and they I, I think the Eagles lost this game much more than Baltimore won it. Oh yeah, I, I think um, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, like I said, I thought Lamar Jackson played uh, poorly. I don't know what's up with his delivery. Did you notice that, uh, like, he's, he's, like, sidearming a lot of throws, and he has this weird, like, hitch in his delivery? Like, you see Patrick Mahomes' sidearm throws, but they're, they're smooth and they're, they look natural. But he had this weird, like, giddy-up, like a hitch in his throw, a throwing motion. It was very awkward. Like, I watch Red Zone when I'm not watching the Eagles, and obviously they don't focus on all. all the, uh, they don't focus on one particular game, so I don't know if this is something that's been going on with Lamar Jackson all season. Do you like? Look, did it, did you notice it? Well, he's no, he struggled this year, Mike. I haven't. Oh, I definitely noticed it during the game. I'm with you. I haven't seen you know a ton of the Ravens. I watched their game against the Chiefs where he looked bad. Um, but in general, he's having a, a bad year, and it's part of the reason why I thought the Eagles had a chance to win this game um, because he's not a polished passer yet, and. Uh, you know, he wasn't great, and I thought the Eagles' mistakes, and mainly those three I, I, I discussed earlier, the Wentz fumble, the Sanders drop, the Elliott missed field goal, uh, the game is really in those three plays. That's where the Eagles lost this game. I think the, the early Hightower drop, I mean, who yeah, knows? Yeah, that was what, bad, too. Yeah, yeah who knows? And, and it's like one of those things that's like every week, it's like, I, dude, I can't watch a game without, without thinking about Harry Roseman and getting angry. Like, and he mentioned it earlier, and I, I love my, making fun of it. But, but seriously, like, like these are the guys. Like, all right, uh, he took Rager in the first round. They took a receiver in the first round. I wanted them to get Lamb. Maybe they should have taken Justin Jefferson. You know, we'll see how this plays out in three years. But like the fact that you you waited until April to address receiver. They didn't add a, a single receiver until April, and then after the first round. They didn't take one again until Hightower. Like, are you kidding me? And then that, now we're seeing Hightower basically become our new Nelson Aguilar. Like, come on, man. He drops a critical pass every week. And this is just another game where it shows Harry Roseman's complete and utter ineptitude in, in, in forming this roster. It shows up every week. The linebackers, the receivers. I mean, Jamon Brown was the worst offensive lineman maybe I've ever seen in my life today. Like, every week you see a Harry Roseman roster mismanagement cost them dearly in some form of the game. Uh, no, and, and Mike, you're right. And the Lamar Jackson touchdown uh, the, was was almost comical, where Singleton is running one way, 
Nate Gary's running the other way, and Lamar Jackson just runs right up the middle for a touchdown. It was like, I don't know what these guys are looking at. Yeah, once Ingram left the game, like, no, I know Dobbins is pretty good, but, like, Lamar Jackson is the fastest player on that team. Like, he's the most explosive athlete. He just happens to play quarterback. You don't bite on a running back to not defend Lamar Jackson. You always defend him first. If you want to let the, one of the run, running backs bumble and stumble up the middle of the field, that's fine, but you cannot let Lamar Jackson. You cannot lose contain. And for the most part, the, the, I actually thought the defensive line contained him pretty well. Yeah, I did too, and, and that was frustrating. And I know the game was probably lost at this point, but that last possession, the second down, I, I'm saying, okay, Lamar Jackson's going to fake it, and he's going to run a bootleg to either side. And the fact that nobody on that defense seemed to have any clue that that's what was going to happen was, was very concerning. That was the first down that, that put it away at the end there. Yeah. Now, did you see the report that Howie wants to be a buyer at the trade I, deadline? I, I'm like, I did. oh, my goodness gracious. If he starts giving up key picks to try to salvage this season, I mean, oh, my, I, 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 this has to be. Like, Jason Lockenford is not the most accurate reporter. He's not a no. shifter. No, he's but, not. I'm hoping this is a false report. Like, if he gives up a second-round pick to bring in, like, I don't know, say Miles Sanders misses a month, he brings, like, a second to give, bring a running back or even, an, even a receiver, I don't care. Like, unless you get some young superstar, which the team's not going to trade, like, this, this would be a nightmare, a nightmare. They need to keep all their draft picks. And, but it seems like, like you're playing the Doug Clips. I don't think – that the Eagles, whether it's Doug, whether it's Howie, I don't know if Lurie is involved in this at all. I think they think they're a couple players away. Everything, yeah. that they, everything that they speak that comes out of their mouths, their body language, they, I think they think they're a playoff team. Well, this and they're is not. What, no, it does concern me, Mike. When you listen to Doug, and every week he says, you know, it's a couple plays here, a couple plays there. And, and yeah, every, you can say that about every game in the end. But when you continue to dig yourself these massive holes in the first half of games it's more than a few it's like that's what you are like you got to start executing and not putting yourself in these kind of situations and until the Eagles start doing that it's just going to be clear that they're they're not a good football team and they're not worth going out and adding to like I'm not saying I would go and try to sell everything you have um, but I'm certainly not buying yeah, I mean, they're essentially just the Atlanta Falcons in reverse. The Atlanta Falcons get a big lead and they blow it. The Eagles get a big deficit and they come back and almost win. But ultimately, both teams end up losing in the end. They both have one win. <laughs> so yeah. it's not, I mean, they're not that much different from the Atlanta Falcons record-wise and just, the, you know, just in terms of the leads, they do it the complete opposite way. Uh, what, what's your take on Jalen Hurts? Um, not the player, the way they use him. Like, to me, they have, either have to go all in or scrap it. Like, to bringing him in for like three or four plays a game, it, it seems so hokey and so stupid. And it just, honestly, I'd rather they not use him at all than use him for four plays because it just makes me angry. Because it's like, you could be using these plays on a player who could be playing every down. But instead, you took a backup quarterback to use four times a game and some stupid gimmick offense and well, it just I don't bothers think, me. It well, bothers me. Well, Mike, I've said before, I'll say it again, I don't think they drafted him to be a backup quarterback. Like, I, 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 they can say that all they want. They drafted him because they're worried about their starting quarterback. And, and I don't think there's really any question about that. They're trying to get him into games. Um, and I actually thought he was very effective on Sunday in terms of... Oh, he looked good. He in looked term, really elusive. And, and I thought he added an element to really kind of slow down that pass rush that was teeing off early a little bit, but 
I, they can they could say they drafted him to be an element in the offense. That's not why they drafted him. They drafted him because whether it's injury or the play of Carson Wentz, they're worried about Carson Wentz. That's why they. they well, I agree, but yeah. but if one stays healthy, it makes it look dumb. Yeah, no, know? it. I mean, unless they decide to go a different direction eventually, and I appreciate it, Mike. By, by the way, I do. I yeah. do want to say. Um, I, I think Wentz. Uh, that was a heroic effort in the fourth quarter. Like, good for him, man, because. That that offensive line where they own their tenth lineman now they're down to like their the last receivers the way he hung in there just getting just hit and obliterated hats off to Carson Wentz he played like a dog today man no definitely so I, pre- I appreciate it Mike thanks and I I, I want to talk about Carson um a little more next here because it was an unbelievable performance in the second half and I see John in Allentown John will get you right after the break here but um I I do want to talk about Carson Wentz and what he did in the second half um. But uh, I mentioned it earlier, but we will also talk about the issues he's having because uh, he's looked a lot better over the last couple weeks. Um, But there's one part of his game he he needs to clean up, needs to clean it up. And it hasn't been a big issue in the past. It's been an issue this year. So we'll talk about that next. 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP, I'm Tom Kelly, in for Big Daddy Graham. Just watching the highlights of the games here today. By the way, me and Kyle will go through all the games at 4 o'clock, including a an interesting soundbite after the game from Nick Foles. A passionate Nick Very Foles. passionate. Um, Kyle uh, let me hear this earlier. It was pretty... Uh, uh, I not not kind of, I don't know, kind of odd sound from Nick Foles. It's not the Foles that we know. No. It isn't. But I'm just watching here. Did you see Kyle this interception that the Jets made? That that this Jets corner made in this? In the oh Jets yeah, I did. I did. That was unbelievable. That was, of course, the Jets have made the the play of the year so far in the NFL. Yeah. This guy literally like intercepted the ball, pinning the ball against his butt. It was. It was. You know, they're the, calling it the butt interception. They have the butt fumble oh, wow. and the butt interception now. Wow. So. In the same game, I think they managed to have one of the best plays of the season and one of the worst plays of the season. Well, there, are you Joe referring Flacco's, to Flacco's three sack? sack? That was incredible. I, I just and I, I was uh, talking. Uh, me and Caesar were making fun of this last night. It is 2020 in the NFL, and the Jets have a starting offense where their starting quarterback is Joe Flacco, and their starting running back is Frank Gore. <laughs> In 2020. I don't even think about Gore. It's amazing. Frank Gore, they were saying during the game, I was watching on Red Zone, so they popped in a little bit there. And Frank Gore has a bet with his son, who was in college, about who's going to have more rushing yards this year. Wow. (laughs) Between him and his son. Are they going to end up playing on the same I was team just at some th- point? I was just thinking that. I mean, how? Because so, what year is his son in college? Is he like a junior? Or? I don't know. Man, Frank Orland only needs a few more years. Because I think eventually LeBron and Bronny are going to end up playing together. Oh, can't wait. That's apparently the plan for LeBron. Oh my is God. did my voice just crack again? It did wasn't as bad that time. Oh, no. I don't know what's going on tonight. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know what's <laughs> going on. Having a rough night, man. Man, the one earlier was really bad though. That one. <laughs> That one, uh, I'm having trouble living that. So Mike on the phone said it uh, reminded him of Sean McDonough. What, what did Sean McDonough Sean do? Sean McDonough's voice just always cracks. Really? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hmm. I, 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 didn't, I didn't know that. Next time you listen to uh, some college football being called by Sean McDonough, just, just 
Take a little listen. All right, I will. I just thought, man, I, I don't know what it is with my voice cracking. Tonight. Sometimes when he gets, he gets super excited. It'll yeah, be. exactly. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Uh, let's go to John in Allentown. What's up, John? Hey, TK. What's up, man? Hey, man. I had a, uh, I had a son who was an all-state running back. Okay. He ran the ball one, one season 325 times with no fumbles. You hear me? Yeah. 325 times. Mm-hmm. I taught my son how to carry the ball and cover it up when he was about eight years old. How come the NFL quarterback of Wentz's stature does not know how to carry the football and can cover it up when he comes into contact? It, it, it's a and, problem, And John. these running backs for the, for, for the Eagles, they seem to not be able to carry the ball and not fumble either. I mean... What what is what is wrong with covering up the football? <laughs> no, the, the ball security is an issue. Whether it's fumbles or drop passes, it's been an issue with the Eagles for years, and it's not getting any better. And that's why you know I really it's like contagious, man. <laughs> right, and and on a night like this, I don't want to rip Carson Wentz for anything. I thought what he did in the second half behind that offensive line with what he had out there, the skill positions, it was very impressive, but. The turnovers are a problem, and the turnovers can't happen. And and it's it's been way too frequent this year. And it's something the Eagles got to. And Carson Wentz has to figure out and, and stop stop making these these you know these turnovers happen because um, they're really costing this team right now. Yeah, and TK, the, you know, I really wanted to be upset with Doug at the end of the first half when he went for went went for on fourth down, but. I mean, because I was going, let's kick it and get three points. Let's just kick it. But the play he called on the fourth and one, and it wasn't even a fourth and one. It was like a fourth and a half of one. Right. Your quarterback doesn't know to get low. He got stood straight up. Yeah, I mean, Wentz is that better. Straight up. Yeah, he's had better sneaks than that. Yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> I, to his credit, he doesn't normally get stopped, and Baltimore played it well. But, yeah, I think he could have gotten lower on that play and uh, because he did. He stood straight up. And, um, you know, it certainly contributed to it. The line didn't get a good push either. Um, but, yeah, that was that that was something you don't normally see. The Eagles get stuffed on that. And, and to, to, to speak to Mike uh, from South Philly's thing about the de- about them scoring them, them points in the second half against it. I mean, that defense in Baltimore did not let up. They scored them points. They, they weren't gimme points, man. I mean... They they, they they play hard in the second half. They connect on their passes. Wentz got hot, and, and they scored. I mean, they were not giving up those points. I mean, so let, let's, let's, let's be fair. I mean, yeah, the I, Eagles offense did get cooked in that second half. Right. Now, if we got it, like you said, if we could have scored on two of those possessions in the first half, we'd have been in a great position because Baltimore was trying to lose that game a little bit as far as I'm concerned. Baltimore didn't so. play well, John. And, yeah, I mean, you look no, at didn't. Yeah, and you look at Baltimore's defense, like – that wasn't, uh, I, I I think, what you'll see. Some, like, that wasn't the Eagles at the end of the Sam Fran game, Baltimore's defense. Right. Like, they were still teeing off. They were still bringing heat. Absolutely. Wentz took a they, lot they of hits. They were still sacking him. And, yeah. And they, they, were coming, they were still coming, man. I mean, they just, the Eagles just did a better job. Carson did a better job getting rid of the football. Yeah. What he did. Definitely. And, you know, that's it. I mean, listen, I hate to say it, but we might win this division being 6-9-1. and one. I don't care if we... I, I just want to see playoff football. Yeah. I'm not going to be chewing my horn, but I'll be watching it no matter what. Of course, so. John. Yeah. 
So, hey, TJ, I gotta get going. Appreciate man. it, man. All right, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Yeah, and I think you know, and we'll worry about all that stuff um, later on. And the Eagles obviously have a big stretch coming up here if they're going to go to the playoffs. But you know, you you look at, at Carson Wentz's day, and again, it's 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 kind of a mixed bag, like. Uh, you know, and when you look at Carson and the way he played, and you can question a ton of things with Carson Wentz. His accuracy, his decision-making, his ball security, all of that is fair. But you can't watch this guy play and question his toughness. I mean, what he did in the second half of that game, behind that offensive line, with those receivers, and how much he was getting hit, I mean... Very few quarterbacks will stand in like Carson Wentz stood in. And, you know, the long run where he's banging off people and, and that's the way he's got to play, you can't worry about getting hurt. If he gets hurt, he gets hurt. Um, But he's got to play that way. But he is tough as hell. There's no doubt about it. And you can never criticize him for that. I will never criticize Carson Wentz for his toughness. I will ne- never criticize him as far as being a guy who's not given 100%. He always is. He truly wants to win. He truly cares. And that is extremely important. And there's no doubt about that. Um, But when you look at, at what happened here and what has been going on this season and the way he gets crushed and keeps coming back, in many ways it's remo- renewed my faith in him what he's done these last two weeks, bringing this team back in second halves. But you also need to look at the concerning parts here. And uh, as I said earlier, this is not a night where we're bashing Carson Wentz and Carson Wentz isn't the reason the Eagles lost this game or any of that stuff. But to be fair, the the turnovers right now are, are, are out of control. They are. And it's never been at this point with him. Where, regardless of how you feel about Carson Wentz, he's been pretty good at protecting the football. Yeah, he's had fumble issues, and he's lost some of those at times, but never really dealt with interceptions. Um, In large part, was pretty good at protecting the football. Um, He hasn't done a good enough job of that this year. Certainly. Where uh, you look at it to this point, he has nine interceptions and he's lost two fumbles. He has turned the ball over 11 times in six games. That is not sustainable to win football games. It's just not. And you look at the fumble that happened in this one, it was a really big play early in the game. And... That's not a protection thing. That wasn't a situation where he's in the pocket and protection breaks down and he takes a huge shot as he's going to throw the ball and it's a fumble that way. No, he's a ball carrier in that spot. There is no excuse for that fumble. That is a play that directly led to seven points for Baltimore. It was one of the biggest plays of this game and was a major contributing factor in the Eagles being in the hole they were in. Certainly, there are a lot of other things contributed to that as well. The high tower drop, the Sanders drop, the Elliott missed field goal. There's there's a ton of things that 
put the Eagles in this hole, but that fumble was one of them. And it was just careless. And you look at, you know, even in the second half, three other throws that easily could have been intercepted. They weren't. And, you know, thank goodness they weren't. Um, but the turnover stuff is is a problem. And, again, this is not a night where you're going to hear a lot of criticism of the quarterback because what he did in the second game was, or in the second half was very impressive. But he needs to do a better job protecting the football. A fifth-year quarterback turning the ball over like this uh, is not is not acceptable. It's not sustainable, and uh, you know the Eagles aren't going to win many football games this way. And part of the reason why they've been in these positions where they are needing these heroic comebacks is because of turnovers earlier in games that are costing them points, gifting the other team points, um, and for all the heroics. It doesn't wipe out, uh, you know, these kind of critical mistakes uh, that are putting this team in the hole. And the fumble on on Sunday in the first half was a big play, and it's a play that can't happen. 215-592-9494, 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Let's go to Allen in the Art Museum. What's up, Allen? Yo, Tom. How you doing, buddy? What's going on? Uh, well, you know, you know the deal, right? And by the way, you, you and Kyle, you guys, you, you know, you're my people, right? So thanks, Alan. You're my late night crew for real. And, and let me, you, know, you and I have talked over the past couple of weeks, right? I don't expect you to remember my calls and whatnot, but I will say I have not. I have always punted, quote unquote, on any criticism, uh, criticism on Carson. He's playing bad, and everything you said about the turnovers completely correct. I have punted on his criticism for exactly the reasons that you just pointed out, in a good way. He is heady, he does care, and he is a hard-nosed dude. And I respect that, quite frankly, right? He's not played great, but I, I, I see bigger problems with the team, quite frankly. Oh, yeah. No, Alan, yeah, he is no not doubt. by no any doubt. means the biggest problem with this team. No, I think, the, especially the last the last two weeks, with what he's had around him, he's played pretty no. well. But, uh, you know, the, those mistakes have, have still happened. I'm going to end with this point, but I'm going to tell you, I think he's getting scapegoated, quite frankly, even though he's not played well. And that ball security is a big deal, okay? Just like your last caller said. Like, no joke on that. So, so I'm calling. I, I told it to Kyle. It might be a weird point. I don't think anyone else has said it, though, so I wanted to call. All right? So, you have the Eagles and you have Baltimore, right? We all know what happened. Yep. Here's the deal. It is what I think the third week in a row at this point where Jalen Hurts has had two, exactly two, and only two design, called a gadget run or just design run sort of plays to get him in there, right? Yeah. Two and only. And today it actually worked, right? A little bit, right? There was some positive yardage, right? Sure, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I guess the broader point is, you know, there are a finite amount of possessions in an NFL game, as you well know. If you're going to turn the ball over, obviously you're killing yourself by lack of possessions overall. In addition, in my opinion, I just got to say, it seems like Baltimore's playing a football game and the Eagles are playing both a football game and some sort of narrative with Jalen Hurts. These two designed gadget runs per game and only two per game, whether it works or not, is really suspect, in my opinion. 
it, I think they are, it's not setting up for some transition. I'm not going to go conspiracy theory like that. It seems majorly odd and frankly a little negligent to just do that because today it worked a little bit, but then nothing, right? Two and only, right? Is he a part of this team now, not two years from now, but right now, or is he not part well, of the team? Alan, and I appreciate the call. They're, tr- they're trying to do both. Like, you know, they drafted Hertz as an insurance policy for Wentz, whether it was the injuries or the level of play. That's why they picked him. But they want to utilize a guy um, while well, they have him now because you can't just have a second-round pick that you're not using at all. And I do think there is a place for Jalen Hurts. Obviously, and I'm not I, – I think the idea of benching Carson Wentz and putting Jalen Hurts in is absurd. It is. Carson Wentz isn't playing – over the past few weeks, he has not played that badly, I don't think. You know, and th- this is where – there's a very fine line, and people get very worked up. You can mention the turnovers, and you can say the turnovers need to stop, while still saying that Carson Wentz has played pretty well and has done some incredible things. Both things can be true, and both things have been true. Um, But I do think there is a benefit to having Jalen Hurts on the field in situations, right? And you saw it on on Sunday. They were teeing off on Carson Wentz. Teeing off. Jalen Hurts comes in the game. They give Baltimore's defense a different look. Kind of backs off that pass rush a little bit. And it helped your kind of beat-up offensive line get into a little bit of a rhythm. You started moving the ball, and it helped everybody. And we'll talk about Hurts a little more in the 4 o'clock hour here. Um, Because I do think there is a way to utilize him. And it's something the Eagles need to look more into. Now, again, the idea of benching Carson Wentz is ridiculous. Um, But Jalen Hurts can help this team right now, and the Eagles need to look at how to best uh, use him moving forward. Let's go to Anthony in West Philly. What's up, Anthony? Hey, hey, what's going on, Tom? How you doing today? Not bad. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. You got a good show. But Thanks, I have a question. Sure. What are you selling about, you know, Carson Wentz? I don't understand. What are you selling? What do you, what do you mean, what am I selling? I don't think I'm selling anything. Because he's, you, you advertise him as being tough, but he's not a winner. I mean, what what is that? What does that mean, Anthony? Like, why? why how I mean, is he you, not a winner? You advertise him as being tough. How is he not a winner? Because he hasn't won a Super Bowl. Like, how are we he judging who's a winner? He's not a winner. Donovan was tough, but he was a winner. Well, Michael Vick was tough, and he was a winner. Well, this guy's but, not and, a winner, Anthony. What are we basing this on? What are you basing if he's a winner on? What it, like? What are you basing? I that looked on? at the last play when they scored the touchdown, and it was going for the two point conversion. Right. Well, he couldn't see that they put Aikman in the box. Yeah, I mean, it was a terrible play call. Like, I don't know what you want, what you want to do in that spot. Like, they were they got out of the huddle with five seconds on the play clock. He had, didn't have time to audible. Like, what do you want him to do there? That wasn't Carson Wentz's fault. That was Doug's fault. I mean, this this is just not a good team because Baltimore was up for the taking and they couldn't take it. I agree with that. I mean, we're we're not arguing on that. But I don't put it I don't put it all on the quarterback. I think he played a part in it with that turnover in the first half, but. I think Carson Wentz was much more of a reason why the Eagles were in the game than why they lost the game. I don't know. I disagree. He leads the league in turnovers, and he's not, he's not a good field general. I mean, it's, it's what I see. I just don't see something in this man that, that tells me he's it. 
He doesn't have the it factor. I got you, Anthony. I, I hear you, and I, I appreciate the call. Um, Kyle, why are the – and I know it is always this way or usually this way with the quarterback, I, but especially with Carson, the opinions are always so extreme. And I, I feel like people hear different things. Like one person will call me and say, why are you being so hard on Carson Wentz? Next person will call me, why are you making excuses for Carson Wentz? Yeah, yeah It's like I, I, I don't feel like I'm doing either. No, I know you're definitely not. You you can't win with Carson Wentz. People just want to be right, and they'll use every little you know they'll forget the good or whatever fits their narrative. You know that, that's always how it is. Yeah, but I mean, I I think my honest appraisal of Carson Wentz is he's played significantly better the last three weeks than he did the first three weeks. I have seen over the last three weeks much more uh, good than bad. Yet. There are still costly turnovers happening, yeah. Um, that that are hurting this team, and they got to stop. Yeah, and part of his point was that, you know, you were saying he's tough, but that doesn't win you games. I mean, like that just, I mean, that doesn't make any sense to me. Especially like if you got your quarterback who's getting hit sixteen times and then sacked six more, wouldn't you want him to be tough? Right. I mean, that's that's how you're gonna be in that game, and that's how we were in that game. Yeah. No. No. There's no doubt. I mean, a lot of quarterbacks in that spot. Would have folded a lot of quarterbacks, um, you know, especially with the Thursday night game, would have, would have packed it in. And Carson Wentz didn't. He kept fighting. And for that, he deserves to be commended. Uh, on the other side, got to stop turning the ball over uh, because that, that turnover in the first half especially was very costly. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. When we get back, um, we'll talk about another player on this team that I am irate with right now. And you saw the difference in, you know, one team having a player at this position they could rely on, the other team not having a, a player they could rely on. We'll get to that when we return. 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly filling in for Big Daddy Graham. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in as we continue dissecting another Eagles loss. Eagles now 1-4-1. Another game where they teased us late. Um, got back in it. Pretty entertaining fourth quarter. I mean, for you know, they lost, but at least it was a fun fourth quarter to watch. Travis Fulgham made some big plays again. Carson went to gutty effort late. Um, but the Eagles can't get it done. And, and one, four and one, unfortunately, uh, is what they are right now. And then Doug said, that's what they deserve to be after the game and a chance to turn it around Thursday night. You get the, the NFC East part of your schedule coming up. So hopefully, um, the Eagles can take advantage of playing the teams in their own division, uh, you know, early in the season, but doesn't get more important than Thursday night giants at home. That's game the Eagles need to win. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Sats in Norristown. What's up, Sats? It's Fats, man. Oh, Fats. What's up? Yeah. What's going on, TK? How's it going, man? Nah, man. It's just, it, it gets to me, man. These guys call up and they talk crap about Carson, man. 
I mean, would you want this guy? Did you see this offensive line we had yesterday? It was terrible. It was. I uh, mean, who was that guard? Who is he? He was uh, Jamon Brown is his name. Um, Jamon Brown. I don't know much about him. All I know is that he is terrible, and I, I hope we never see him again. Unfortunately, I think we will. I mean, this guy's fighting for his life out there. I mean, and comes out of the second half on fire. I mean, you know, gets us back in this game. You know, he throws a touchdown to another guy who nobody knows. You know what I mean? Like, what, I mean, what more do they want from this guy? I have people tell me, hey, tank the season, get Lawrence. You take, put Lawrence out there with this line and this piece of receivers. What's he going to do? No, it, it Fats, I mean, it, it, no, it, it's, it's, it's difficult right now with the line and with the supporting cast around him. And, and it's got to be frustrating when he throws – a deep ball to John Hightower on the first drive, and it's a beautifully thrown pass, and he drops it. And, he drops it. and, and that is um, certainly frustrating, and and it, it can't happen. But Even I will Sanders say, the only one. thing I will say is the turnovers are a problem, and the turnovers need to stop. I agree with you, but one thing to say, TK, you look at that Baltimore defense, they were attacking that ball. I've never seen a team so skilled at stripping balls. Watch every time they get, make a tackle. They try to strip that ball so good, man. They are a well-coached defense. And for us to lose that game the way we did, I mean, to hang in there, we did it last week against Pittsburgh. I mean, come on. you got to see the improvement here that we're making a move. These next two weeks, I guarantee you we're going to win. There's no doubt in my mind. Uh, Fats, you have, you have more confidence than I do. I'm not guaranteeing a win against anybody right now. Oh, uh, come on, man. I the hope Giants... I hope you're right. I mean, the Giants got to win. They beat they beat a, a good Washington football team on a uh, Sunday. I don't know, man. I think the beginning of the year when we made him, he was he was a little sluggish in the beginning of the year. I think he's rolling now. I really do. He, the team is on his back, you know. What I mean, and he knows it. He knows it. And he's a winner, man. He's a fighter. He's a beast, man. You know. Yeah. I mean, we we got to get behind him, man. You know. I, get all these get all these demons out of his head. I got you, Fats, I, and I appreciate the call, man. Uh, th- thanks for uh, checking in. And yeah, I mean, I, I I get it. And and again, I don't think anybody's really blaming Carson Wentz for. Wh- I, there was one caller earlier that I think did blame him. Thought he so yeah said he wasn't a winner, which I don't agree with. Um, that that's not that's certainly not the the uh, idea uh, today is that Carson Wentz is to blame for what happened on Sunday. Um, he was tremendous in the second half of that game. He did a great job bringing the Eagles back with very little around them, very little up front, very little at skill positions. But as I said to open the show, this game was not lost on the final two-point conversion. It wasn't lost in the second half. This game was lost in the first half. And I look at three plays that directly caused a 17-point swing. The Carson Wentz fumble, which cannot happen. That was not a play where the line broke down. That was a play where he was running, and he was careless with the football. As great as he was in the second half, it does not erase that play, and that was a, a critical play that set up a Baltimore touchdown. The Miles Sanders drop, which... The Eagles then turn the ball over on downs. There's another seven points you should have had you don't have. And then the Jake Elliott missed field goal, which is three more points that you don't have. And this team, they got to be better early. they got to protect the ball better. 
And part of that is on the quarterback and the offense as a whole. They got to be better in the first half of games, um, and they got to be smarter. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Let's go to Jaleel in Delaware. What's up, Jaleel? How you doing, Tom? Not bad. What's going on, man? Doing good. Um, I, I appreciate I appreciate Carson's effort the whole game. He really played his heart out. Um, I want to be as unbiased as possible. I, I think besides it's a, it's enough blame to go around on the whole team especially on the offense. But I think two things Carson got to get down. He got to get his footwork down. He gets Inspector Gadget legs and he gets pressure, and he's all over the place. He's, he's damn near stumbling on himself. He got to get his footwork together. And when the defense is playing like that, you either need to start scrambling immediately or you need to be hitting hot routes or you need to have your receipt or your, your running back doing bumping, bumping, uh, bumping shovel passes. Uh, I think that's an adjustment Doug should have made. Mm-hmm. But uh, Carson got to get that footwork and that poise down because, in my opinion, when I see Hurts on the field, he looks a lot more calm, a lot more controlled, and he handles pressure better than Carson Wentz, in my opinion. And I think the same way when McNabb and Vic was playing together, if, if Wentz is getting pressured like that, they got to put Hurts in there sometimes to just calm everything down and, and – can open things up because Wentz just he folds under pressure. I love him well, as a quarterback, but that's his biggest weakness to me. Well, Jaleel, I think that's a little unfair. I agree with the footwork, where his footwork does he does get happy feet when there's pressure, and I think it's kind of. I don't know if you can say Jalen Hurts handles it better when he's only on the field for a few plays here and there. What I will say is I agree with you that when defenses are getting the kind of pressure they were getting early, Jalen Hurts can be effective coming in the game, and that 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 threat that he provides to run the ball can definitely back defenses off, and he saw it in this game. Right. So, no, and, there's, and, there's no doubt about that, that Jalen Hurts uh, can be an effective part of this offense. I agree with you there. Yeah, and, and I don't know why they act like they're scared to let this guy throw the ball or something, but, I mean, if he's in there, let him throw a couple passes. You know, I'm tired of kind of seeing the Wildcat RPO kind of style. Like, let him get some passes in, man, if, if you're going to put him in. But as long as as long as Woods can get his footwork down, and it, I think I think he gets scared too fast and he doesn't look downfield, those hot routes are there. When when that blitz is coming, you either need to scramble immediately or get that ball out right away. And there's no there's no other things you can do. And if the, the play is there, you need to start running or throw the ball out immediately because – you don't have that type of you don't have that type of offensive line, and you either have to buy time or you got to go. Like that's that's all it is at this point. Right. He has to understand that. No, there's no doubt about that, Jaleel. That that that's definitely a fair point, and I appreciate it, man. Thanks for the call. And yeah, I, yeah, you got it. You got to know what's around you, and the offensive line being what it is, um, you got to either get out of the pocket and get it away quicker. I think Carson has done a better job of that the last couple weeks. Honestly, I do. Um, the the the. Rams game, the Cincinnati game, I, I thought he was holding the ball too long, certainly. And a little bit in the San Francisco game as well. I think he's getting better. Like, Carson Wentz is playing better than he was early in the year. Like, significantly better. Um, but, uh, you know, you expect, you know, it's it's fair to have high expectations for your franchise quarterback, and you just got to cut out the turnovers. That, that's pretty much it. Other than that, I think Carson's playing all right. I think he's playing pretty well. Um, especially with what's around them. Um, but, uh, you know, the turnovers need to be cut out, and that fumble early was a, a seven-point swing. And as we saw at the end, uh, that swing right there w- was was critical 
late in the game, a game that you end up losing by two points. 215-592-9494. When we get back, we will talk to Keith, and we will do our Week 6 NFL recap. Well, we'll we'll get all that stuff done when we return. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham Sports Radio 94 WIP. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 